I also really just had to face a lot of my feelings without the food, you know, without that donut or without, you know, the tortilla chips of, okay, I need to deal with this feeling. I need to deal with this issue. Um, and a lot of it mostly was just surrendering things that weren't in my control. One thing I can control is what I'm feeding myself and my workouts. I can control those. And so I just just started doing that and leaning on my friends for, for prayer. Just started using the resources that I had to deal with those feelings in another way than using food. And instead, seeing food as this is a treat because it's yummy, this is a treat, not because I'm depressed and need to eat it. Hey there, my friend. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Mother Project podcast. In just a moment, you're about to hear a powerful and inspiring conversation between myself and one of our Fit Mother program members, Melody Bidta. And one of the most amazing things about this conversation is Melody is a woman who's overcome a lot of physical adversity. As she shares in this episode, in 2005, Melody was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And over the course of the last basically 15 years, it has wreaked havoc on her joints, on her hands, her wrists. She's had one hip replaced. She may have to have another hip replaced in the future. And despite all of this physical challenge, Melody has still been committed to improving her health, to using this program to getting the workouts in, to making the modifications that she needs to make, to eating healthy despite having all the excuses that she could just resign herself to saying, I'm going to be inactive. This is too much for me. But that's not what's on Melody's spirit. Melody's spirit is a spirit of power, of possibilities, and she has a deep desire to be active into old age. And she's doing the work and putting it in and getting it done. And so I think if you're out there and you're someone who has some kind of physical limitation or struggle, or you're someone who maybe just like thinks that your excuses are you're too busy or I can't do this, listen to Melody's story and listen how she transformed her mindset of I can't do this to I can do this. And the process of doing that was showing up getting the work in, making the modifications, coming deeper with our Fit Mother team. And she also mentions quite a few of our Fit Mothers in here, like Diane O'Brien. Here's someone, if you're listening to this, who Melody has a lot of inspiration and draws from. So thank you to all of our Fit Mothers who have here, who've supported Melody. Melody, thank you for coming on here and showing us what's possible despite adversity. And I'm super excited to bring you today's episode with Fit Mother, Melody Bidta. All right, Melody, welcome officially to the Fit Mother Project podcast. I'm so happy you joined us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited to unpack your journey. And before we get into your experience with Fit Mother Project and all the things you've overcame, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to all the ladies listening, your name, your age, where you're from, and anything you'd like to share about your family and what you do for work. Okay. My name is Melody Bitta. I live in Kingston, Washington, which is about an hour northwest of Seattle um, by ferry. Um, I've been married for 26 years and I have three kids, ages 17, 21, and 23. I live down the road from my parents and up the road from my sister. I work for the Program Esqualum Tribe in Human Resources and I've been working for the tribe in different capacities for the past 26 years as well. Um, and so I've done different jobs, but I've been in HR for 12 years and it has its challenges, but we have a really great team that I enjoy working with. So. That's kind of the gist of it. 
That's amazing. Well, yeah. And I, and I would comment before we hit record that I think it's really cool that your family, you guys live, you know, so close to one another. And I'm sure that's been wonderful and maybe even helpful on your journey. But we'll talk about that. I'd love for you to kind of take us back to what prompted you to look for the Fit Mother Project, how you found it, and what's kind of was going on with your life and your health at that time. Um, well, this was in 2021, I think. My husband actually had been researching. He found the Fit Father Project, which he's still on his journey. Um, and he had shared a little bit about what he was doing. And it. I eventually looked into the Fit Mother a little while later in May of 2021, checked out the nutrition plan, the exercises. But it was May of 2021 that I had a hip injection, so I really wasn't sure about the exercises at the time. And I actually had a few email exchanges with Amy back and forth about, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do the push-ups or the squats. And it really wasn't until August, 2021 that I committed to let's, let's try this out. And that's where the journey began. No, I'm really glad that you did have the, you know, the courage to at least start something, certainly to research it in spite of having what you mentioned to be hip injections. And if you're open to sharing I think it would personally be very valuable to hear a little bit about some of your medical background and the stuff you've been going through. Why were you getting hip injections? What was kind of going on with your body? Well, it all I guess it all really started back in 2005. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and it really began in my hands and my wrist and my feet. Um, and it took probably about a year and a half to two years before we figured out what was wrong and started getting treatments. And so I've been dealing with that for about 17 years now. It's about the age of my youngest child. In 2000, I was pretty active, pretty active person up through 2017. I used to run with my husband a lot. We used to jog. I used to be part of a fitness group locally and could do a lot of the exercises. But in 2017, my left hip started giving me more issues. And for two years, we went through different types of RA meds, thinking it's RA, went through two different MRIs, several physical therapy sessions. I think I had like three or four hip injections into the left hip. And and by the time the last injection didn't work, it was like, well, I said, I need to get a different opinion because changing meds and getting injections isn't working. And you keep telling me it's inflammation, but there's something more going on. And so by May 2019, I asked for a different opinion and it was really difficult to walk. I couldn't even walk a block without being in pain. So I saw a different doctor and he says, well, let's get some imaging. And he asked me different questions to try to prompt like, when is your pain the worst? And I go, it's at the end of the day. He goes, well, typically with RA, you see pain at the beginning, not at the end. And when he got the x-rays back, he goes, yeah, you're, you're due for a replacement now. I think it's time. And so I saw a surgeon in July and started using a cane in July, started using a wheelchair in August because I couldn't get through the store and my family. And it took me a long time to admit to using those because you associate that with an older generation. So how old were you when you're like in the grocery store walking with a cane and stuff like this? Was this in your late 30s or early 40s? I was 45. Wow. And so I was 30, 31 when I was diagnosed with RA, but it was when I was 45 And it was really difficult. I spent a lot of time the last two months of that sitting on the couch playing Minecraft with my daughter because it just, the more I did anything, the more it would hurt at night and it would take two or three hours for it to settle. And nothing at that point was helping. There was injections were useless. Ibuprofen wasn't working and they tried different anti-inflammatories and it just wasn't helping. And so then September, 2019 is when I got that left hip replaced. And I remember... 
for the first time they had me stand up and I could stand and my hip didn't hurt. And it was just like, and people had told me that the minute you stand up, you're going to notice like the pain is going to be gone. And I just couldn't believe it. And, and, and I tried walking a little bit and I did send a picture, but I got a little dizzy because I wasn't prepared for, you know, the after effects of medications they use, but being able to get up and walk without pain was just the best. Probably life-changing for you. Amazing what that must have been like. And so where'd you kind of go from there after getting a new hip in 2019? Were you able to start to get back into physical activity? Because you start Fit Mother in 2021. So there's a gap of time. Please tell us about what kind of happens during that period. Well, it took a long time. Well, it took a few weeks for my gait to become normal. There's My husband took some video after the surgery. He goes, you kind of still walk like you have that bad hip gait. Um, But in 2020, during the shutdown in March, we started walking a lot during the day and I could walk three and a half, four miles um, in 2020. And then the farther along we got, my right hip, which is also eventually needs replacing, started hurting. Um, And so by May of 2021, it was hurting bad enough that I said, I need an injection. And so they gave an injection of May of 2021. Um, and so I really hadn't been able to do a lot of exercises. I don't recall doing anything besides walking between those times, I guess, 2020 to 2021. I think I mostly just did walking and stretching that I could think of. But something prompted you in August of 21 to kind of start to get serious about your fitness. What was kind of motivating you or why were you like your husband, obviously you looked into fit mother, but was there a part of you that definitely wanted to get back into exercising what was kind of the inner experience of of your body during that time i have always loved working out i've always loved being able to run to jog to do high impact exercises um like i mentioned before i was part of a fitness group locally um but the lady who was in charge moved away but we would meet three or four times a week and work out really early in the mornings and fitness was just a part of my life up through 2017 um and it was it took me a few years and there's still times that I miss running. But when I looked into Fit Mother Project in that August of 2021, I felt really intimidated by, I can't do push-ups. I can't, you know, the stuff that I used to be able to do, I don't know how I'm going to get back there. And so that's when Amy reached out and said, let's meet. And her and I met for the first time, middle of September 21 via Zoom. And she was just amazing and reached out to Ben and got some different tips for me. And so I spent the past year working on different exercises and just trying to incorporate some of those back into my routine. But I ended up getting another injection this past June into the right hip because it started wearing off. Because usually if I know I can't sleep at night because it's bugging me and it's happening pretty consecutively, then I need to do something. And that's when I met with a surgeon and he goes, you need to stop the squats and lunges. You're going to wear it out way too fast by doing these and like I don't want to stop, but okay. So I ended up meeting with the physical therapist in August, this past August, and she finally was someone that listened to me. And I said, I want to keep exercising, but I need to know what I can and can't do so I can keep going forward. And so she gave me a lot, like nine different exercises to replace squats and lunges or other impact things that might hurt it worse. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I'm, I don't think that I thought it would take me a year to get where I am now. I don't consider myself completely in shape, so I'm still working towards that. But I can. I started off with push-ups on the wall a year ago, doing bent-over rows instead of running good rows on the floor. 
you know, different little things like that was really difficult on my hips back then. I don't think I knew how weak they were from the two years of, you know, having that replacement to having the other hips start going out and knowing that I really had a lot of muscle to build around them and still have more to build. Mm -hmm. So what kind of results have you seen from exercise? I mean, you're obviously doing the workouts in a way that making modifications for things like the squats and lunges are not good for your hip right now, but like what kind of strength gains have you seen doing some of the fit mother workouts? So a year ago in September, I actually had bought a new cane because I had given mine to my mom because she needed one. And I, my husband and I were going to the state fair and doing, you know, daily shopping was getting harder a year ago. And that's when I started meeting with Amy and I didn't think I mentioned that, but it was getting harder to get in and out of the car shopping, harder to walk through Costco. It was, and having a cane really takes a lot and you don't think it does, but it actually takes a lot of pressure off of that bad hip. Um, and I honestly thought I was heading for a replacement sooner than later because the surgeon's hoping for five years out at least before we have to even look at that. And I wasn't believing him thinking there's no way, you know, there's no way I'm going to last five years. You can't make me do this for another five years of using a cane and going back to a wheelchair. I didn't, I didn't want to go back there. And I asked him, how long do I have to wait before, you know, do I have to let it get as bad as it did last time? And he, he said, no. So back to the exercises, I started doing the push-ups on the wall, started doing the renegade rows, bent over rows, and just worked on that for those few months. And I'm not using a cane, and I'm going up and down steps normally, because back then I was having a difficult time going up steps. My husband started noticing a year ago, your gait's getting a little off again. And my gait's normal for the most part, unless I have a really busy weekend or something, it'll bug me, but... Um, where I am now, it's helped with strengthening the muscles around the core, the hips, enough that I can go up steps two at a time, which for normal people, it feels, you know, like normal. But for me, it's like, hey, I can do this, you know. Um, and now I'm feeling like I'm leaving the church and, yeah, we can put this off hopefully a few more years, you know, before I need one. So it's definitely strengthened the muscles. It's given me the ability to keep walking. It's given me the ability to go up steps. I haven't touched that cane. I actually gave it to a lady who needed a replacement this past summer. So she has my cane now, but so it's definitely helped a lot with that. Um, doing push-ups on the floor, renegade goes on the floor. It strengthened my upper body. That's fantastic to hear. And I know it's been like hard to push through. And I think there's going to be a lot of ladies listening to this who don't have the same level of physical adversity that you've had to face in your life. So I think we're all kind of wondering, what's your mindset like? How has your mind been shaped by this? Or how do you think and what's your mentality to push through pain or work around pain or despite the pain to continue moving forward? How would you describe your mindset and how that's helped you be successful? I think in the beginning, it, I had a lot of, I had some mindsets to overcome. I think that I felt I couldn't, there's no way I can do a push up on the floor. There's no way I can... You know, I wore wrist supports in the beginning because when you have RA, the first thing that usually when I have a flare, it hits my knees, my feet and my wrist and my hands. And I think that I thought I have RA, there's no way I can do these exercises. You know, I can't. What if I wear my joints out? And I had actually met with my RA doctor. It might have been maybe beginning of 2022. And I told her, well, I'm lifting weights, you know, 15 pounds. Is that okay? And she goes, yeah, as long as your joints can handle it, I see no issues with it. So she wasn't giving me the out that maybe I was looking for and maybe inadvertently looking for. And then when I started just to increase my weights, um, I started believing that my body could strengthen, you know, could be strengthened. I can do these. And I think I just had to go from, 
this person who was really active to being inactive for two or three years to really building that back up that, yeah, I can do this. And if you could ask me a year ago, I'd be doing, you know, 76 pushups to the apex 10. I probably wouldn't have believed you today. I think the thing is I had to realize, and I don't think I realized it back then is you can do it. And if you have to start out with no weight, and if you have to start out with wall pushups, if you have to start out with bent over rows, start there because you're going to amaze yourself in a year where you're going to be from now because your body can do it. And if my RA doctor is not giving me an out, then she's obviously believing that you can do this. That's really powerful. And I would say beautifully said too. It's like, you must start small and start something because as you shared through the action that you take, it starts to develop that self-belief. And then when you start believing yourself and then it opens up a world of possibilities for you. And so I see that path completely. I want to talk a little about nutrition too. I know that's obviously a a factor in total body inflammation and you're probably starting to eat a little bit better on this Fit Mother program. What kind of changes did you make reading through the meal plan? What stood out to you as something that was like a big aha moment or what did you like and what did you kind of implement on the eating front of the Fit Mother program? I think it took me a while to really get consistent with it, um, with the eating plan. I it's it's kind of a struggle for me here because we have a lot of events. We have a I'm quite heavily involved with my church and my mom's a cook and she makes amazing baked goods. And whenever I start something, she's like, I've got cinnamon rolls. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, my mom has actually been supporting me more. She We had a dinner a few weeks ago and she goes, I bought you some berries because we're having dessert, but I know that you won't want the dessert. And for her to say that she bought me berries was big because it was like, She's finally, you know, she's here. She's supporting me. Yeah. So I think for me, I've been learning that when I do eat better, when I have a lot less sugar, my joints are much more happier. I've been incorporating uh, my, I call it homework because I'll like put two plates, two cups of greens on a plate and tell my husband, here's your homework and here's mine. Let's get these greens eaten while we're cooking dinner. So we try to get our greens in while we're cooking. It's a good idea. You know, and I... One of the things the ladies mentioned in the group, someone had shared that you don't have to be complicated with our meal planning. And if it's the same thing, that's okay. Sometimes it's easier when you're just consistently eating vegetables all the time. So I just began to keep frozen vegetables in the freezer and just grab those out and cook them up and eat them and try not to feel like I have to overcomplicate things. So that's really simplified me for me choosing five or different things, five or six different vegetables or Having quinoa and brown rice, those are my go-tos. Just trying to, and making sure I have protein. That probably was one of the biggest things is having protein for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't think I ate enough of those before this, thinking other things would keep me full, but realizing protein was the big key, especially when building muscle. Yeah, really good advice. And I love that. I mean, especially simplicity helps you be consistent and consistency is kind of the name of the game. And I want to ask you, how have you managed to like, guide yourself back on track. If like there was a long weekend, a lot of stuff at church, maybe you do have a flare or it knocks you down for a couple of days. How do you navigate the the little things that deviate you off the plan? And how do you guide yourself back on the right track? Well, I think one big thing that I had to change was, well, I messed up this morning. So my whole day is gone. And I started looking at it. Um, and it's something we, me and Amy have talked about. She goes, well, go to your next meal, make that your next meal, be healthy. So I would make my next meal be healthy just because I threw my morning off or my lunch off doesn't mean my dinners and the rest of the day is thrown. So I had to really change that mindset. I failed. I'll start again Monday, but no, 
start again with the next meal. So I start with the next meal of let's get my protein veggies in. If I had that piece of cake earlier in the day, then I'm just not going to have any carbs with my dinner. Um, but I'm also realizing um, cake doesn't make me feel good and it doesn't make my joints feel good, neither does my stomach. So I just started cutting those out more and more, you know, pastries and pizza, you know. And so I would just get back on it with the next meal. Don't wait till Monday. Don't wait till next week. Start with the next meal. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most important mindsets that people who are struggling have. This kind of like all or nothing. I'm on the plan, off the plan. I'll start you know, next week. I'll start January 1st. And it's really cool that now you have a much more present and flexible mindset where it's like that was one instance and now you can get right back on. And that's great. I mean, that's going to serve you for many years down the line. I want to ask you too, because you're obviously super involved in your church and you're a woman of faith. Like, how is this journey of getting yourself healthier and working on your body and overcoming physical challenges? How does that relate to you on like a deeper emotional and spiritual level? Have there been shifts that you've seen on that front? Maybe, maybe not. I'd love for you to speak to like how the process of getting yourself physically healthier has maybe translated to an experience in the more inner intimate domain of your experience. So, Recently, I just did a 30-day challenge with a friend of mine because she's been wanting to to eat better. So she goes, well, for 30 days, we don't have any you know, processed foods and I can be consistent for 30 days in a row. So we did that recently. And the 30 days that I really I had to just like, okay. And part of me is like, I eat from stress. I eat from things that you know have saddened me or depressed me and... One thing I learned in that 30 days is I think I cried a little bit more during those 30 days. and um, But I also laughed a lot more. One, because I wasn't, you know, feeding myself unnutritious foods to feed that depression or feed that sadness. And one of the things I really tried to be consistent was with my devotions in the morning. So in the mornings, my husband and I will get up at 5 a.m. We'll go down to our gym, which is a couple miles down the road, work out, come back, and then we'll have about hour and a half before we need to be ready for work and we'll all have my devotion time. And I really had to surrender a lot of the stresses that I had, you know, to God and say, I, I give you these again. If I had to do it 10 times a day, then I had to do it 10 times a day. Um, and just, you know, ask him to help me, help me to be consistent today. And I also really just had to face a lot of my feelings without the food, you know, without that donut or without, you know, the tortilla chips of, okay, I need to deal with this feeling. I need to deal with this issue. Um, and a lot of it mostly was just surrendering things that weren't in my control. One thing I can control is what I'm feeding myself and my workouts. I can control those. And so I just just started doing that and leaning on my friends for, for prayer, leaning on them for, okay, I've got this. Can you just you know let me vent a little bit? And you know they'll pray for me or send me a scripture or send me songs, you know, to listen to, um, just started using the resources that I had to deal with those feelings in another way than using food. And instead seeing food as this is a treat because it's yummy. This is a treat, not because I'm depressed and need to eat it, you know? Yeah. Powerful. And I know there's a lot of people that can relate to using food to cope with like inner stuff. And it's amazing that you found so many profoundly more deep outlets, positive outlets for that, you know, with your exercise, with your friendships, with your scripture, your devotional time. Amazing. I mean, and I think the process, and you can probably test this, of breaking those cycles of going to food takes practice. Like many things, it takes awareness. It takes practice. It takes like desire to want to live this. So 
I want to ask you, like, what really motivates you into the future? Like, what do you want to experience? Is it seeing your kids eventually have, you know, grandkids and stuff like that? But like, what motivates you for your future to stick on this path, despite the obstacles, you know, to break the sugar addiction, to continue keeping your joints as healthy as possible, to go through another surgery, if and when that happens, like what's really motivating you into the future? I want to be active as long as I can. You know, I've seen what happens when people aren't as active. I've seen, you know, my mom has struggled with osteoporosis and I'm trying to figure out how can I prevent that for myself or how can I, and there's a thing I want to look into, but so trying to figure out where I want to be when I'm 70. So what am I going to be like? You know, I know somebody recently shared a video on Facebook uh, in the group about this 70 year old woman who's incredibly fit and active. It's like, wow, I want to be her. I just want to be healthy and I want to be active. I eventually want to go on hikes and that's one of my goals one day. And I don't know when that'll happen because that's one confidence you need to build up right now is to, I eventually want to go for a seven mile hike, but my hip may not let me yet. But I'm hoping that's something I can do. If I continue maybe muscle building, then I can make that part of my plan. I'd like to try to lower my, one of the things I still have that's still hanging on is high cholesterol. I had lost 15 pounds, gave up pastries and gave up a lot of fried foods and really tried to stick to this plan. And it was actually higher at the end. And I told my doctors that I did everything right, but it's even worse now than it was before. And he's like, sometimes it's just genetics, but I still want to try to do it without food, without medication. So that's my goal is to try to lower that um, over the next few months without using medication and using this plan. And now that I've done that for 30 days, okay, I know I can do this and be more consistent with nutrition. Because that's probably one of my biggest challenges this past year was being consistent with the nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, B- biggest challenge and likely biggest opportunity too, especially as it relates to you know some of your goals. And I love that you have super clear goals. And I I see you taking that seven mile hike in the future. And I think it's going to be an amazing accomplishment. And it's really beautiful to hear that. I want to ask you too about the idea of the virtue of patience. I think you're a uniquely uh, expert person to ask about patience because I think it sounds like to me you've had to be very patient with, you know, the timing of what your body allows you to do, you know, and, and that things may take time. How has the virtue of patience showed up in your life as it relates to your fitness journey? I finally had to start listening to my husband, actually, because he would say, you need to take a break. I go, no, I don't want to take a break. And then I would do something and then I'd be in pain the next day. And he'd be like, he would never say I told you so because he, yeah, I had to start learning to really listen to my body this past year. And when I learned to listen to it, I'm able to get at least three workouts in a week. Okay. I would try to push myself five or six. And usually my joints would tell me, okay, you did way too much. But I learned to use those opportunities of rest to do my devotion time, to use those opportunities of rest to do some personal growth. But I really had to, went from listening to him finally to listening to myself. Um, and that it's okay if I take a day off because tomorrow I'll be able to get back at it again. You know, giving myself a day or two, it helps. And But it took me a long time because, like I said before, I was quite an active person and going from someone who was able to do all of that to none of that was, it was difficult, but I'm in a lot different place than I was a year ago. And I can't wait to see where I'm going to be a year from now. You know, I'm so glad to hear that. And I'm also glad that husbands are occasionally right. I think that, you know, occasionally, but, and I also love that, like uh, his loving nudges and reminders, like externally to say, Hey, maybe, you know, check it, maybe slow down a little bit 
then became mirrored in your own personal experience and understanding. So this is something that you own now, which I think is amazing. And I also respect your fiery spirit deeply. I mean, the fact that you want to be able to do more and be active, I think is imagine is one of the driving forces that's gotten you through this. I think people with lesser fire and drive than you would have resigned themselves a long time ago to a life of inactivity, but that's clearly not in your path. You see this future and and you're driving forward within the boundaries of what your body allows you to do at any given day and doing smart stuff like the right physical therapy exercises, modifying the program, doing as best as you can with nutrition, being plugged into the community. I can see why you're doing well. I mean, all these different factors that you've created in your life are, are really powerful. I want to ask you too, what is some advice you have for ladies in this program who are starting out, who maybe have some physical limitations and hard stuff that you've gone through? Any any advice for a lady starting out that you know may may have like some they could have an arthritis or, or something different, an old injury? What would you suggest? I would suggest if they haven't already been through physical therapy, maybe reach out to that, but also take it slow. And if you have to start with body weight or if you have to start with push-ups on the wall or if you've got to get your nutrition nailed down for the first 30 days and then incorporate exercise, um, start small, start slow, and that's completely okay. And and don't give up. I almost gave up in August, to tell you the truth. I almost was going to go with a keto plan and just say, I can't do this anymore. Um, And then I realized, no, I I can't. I can't quit. I can't give up because I want to be one of those fit mothers who joins phase four and say that I did it. Um, I would just say, don't give up. Stick to the nutrition. Start small. Start with two pound weights, three pound weights, five pound weights, because that's where I was a year ago. And now I'm at 15 and 20 pounds. Um, And I was able to actually do all my shoulder presses with 15 pounds to the entire apex a year later. Wow. So I was really excited about that because I couldn't do that a year ago. I think it was eight pounds. And uh, listen to your body. If you have to take a rest day, take a rest day. But don't stop together all completely. You know, just get back out of the next day or the day after that. Nice. Beautiful answer. My final question I have for you, Melody, is what does it mean to you to be a fit mother? Like, what does this idea of being a fit mother mean to you now that you've experienced what you have in this program? That we're more capable than what we think we're capable of. It means eating what's good for your body and how good you feel when you've been consistent with it. And um, the quote that I like that I found this year, that strength doesn't come from what you can do, but it comes from over things, overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. Um, I really like that one. You know, I wasn't able to do a lot of things a year ago, and now I can do them. And I was able to overcome my own mindset of I can't do this and I can do this now. Beautiful answer. I love that quote, too. And being a very spiritual person myself, I, I almost think that the challenge is that you know, God uniquely places in our lives are we have the capacity to meet those challenges with strength can rise to the occasion. And this is why I have so much respect for you because I know, I don't, I don't know exactly through your experience, but I have the sense that you've been through just so much and you're here now on this podcast, having been successful, having a lot more to conquer and accomplish, but having come so far. And I'm really proud of you and I have deep respect for you. And I want to say, God bless you and your family. Congratulations for your success so far. And I'm really appreciative that you came on today and share your heart. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Melody. Thanks. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. 
Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our Complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our Complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast. 